This remarkable little creature is the scarab beetle, one of the hardest working insects in Africa. While other animals take shelter from the scorching sun, the scarab beetle defies the elements and keep rolling this ball of dung in front of him no matter what. And this behavior convinced the ancient Egyptians that the scarab beetle was not only divine, but also intimately connected with Earth itself. The very reason why we have night and day. Please forgive me for this rather sketchy Attenborough imitation, but it felt appropriate. Because today we will indeed talk about the scarab beetle. But not in its natural habitat and not in a BBC wildlife documentary. But instead a CG scarab beetle in a game trailer. Yes, you heard right. A game trailer. Of course, when Goodbye Cancer Studios was rewarded the production of an announcement trailer for Creative Assembly's upcoming game Total War Pharaoh, they chose a rather unlikely hero for the trailer. In any other typical game cinematic, you would probably feature a mighty pharaoh as the protagonist, perhaps even involved in fierce battles with thousands of soldiers. And even if there are mighty armies in this new trailer, and a pharaoh, obviously, because that's the name of the game, the actual main character of the trailer is a scarab beetle. So why did that insect become the hero of the trailer, and how was the trailer produced? Follow me down Yellowbrick Road and find out, because today, this podcast road leads to ancient Egypt. I'm Nils Lagerin and this is that cozy little podcast about movies, games and visual effects, the Yellow Brick Road podcast, episode 70. And today we're going to go Egyptian together with three inspired colleagues from Goodbye Cancer Studios. Director Bengt Anton Runstein, senior producer Callum Hart and executive creative producer Jan Kafurek. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ahoy. So nice to have you here. Uh, Jan, you've been here at Yellowbrick Road before talking about great game cinematics like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, for example. But, but Callum and Bengt Anton, this is your first visit here. So let's start with some introductions. Bengt Anton, how did you find your way into this lovely world? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I've been um, working in the, uh, as, a, as a live action director before this uh, for a long time. Uh, but came from illustration and storyboarding for uh, which I did for many many years, and I actually uh, I actually worked on a few early Battlefield trailers. Uh, did storyboards for that with Jorgen Lilja at Goodbye Kansas. Uh, so when I got a little bit uh, tired a few years ago of the <laughs> commercial industry in Stockholm, uh, Jörgen reached out and, and uh, wanted to see if I wanted to come and play at Goodbye Kansas. Nice. And it's been lovely. And you've done a bunch of game cinematics for Goodbye Kansas. Uh, yeah, uh, a few now. Uh, it's been... Uh, Outer Worlds 2. Outer Worlds 2, uh, annou- announcement uh, trailer, uh, which was a great lot of fun. Uh, doing uh, another kind of take uh, on the uh, cinematic trailer uh, sort of thing, poking a little fun on it, having fun with it. 
but uh, what else? Uh, Forspoken. Forspoken. Yeah, mm. that's that's the lay. That's not the. Yeah, no. this this is the latest one. We're <laughs> talking about the latest one. <laughs> 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 yourself here. Turning them out. <laughs> Turning them out. Yeah, Forspoken was an intense one. Uh, a lot of effect stuff. Uh, a lot of difficult uh, settings and and stuff. Where, but really, really fun one to do as well. Yeah, but yeah, this one is is really dear to my heart. Great. And you, Callum, what's your story? Yeah, um, Valentine's Day, 1989, there was a blackout in the Highlands of Scotland. That's my origins, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) You paint a beautiful setting. (laughs) The memoir comes out next month. Um, Yeah, no, so I'm originally from born and bred in the Highlands of Scotland, um, and I... Grew up in Scotland and I got my education there. And then I worked in live action for several years for the BBC, um, independent films, documentaries for several years um, as a jack of all trades in many, many avenues and aspects. And then I found my way and love into CG animation at a studio called Axis Studios about seven and a half years ago go six and a half almost yeah um and then there i kind of learnt the full magic realms of um cg animation and i worked there from a coordinator up to a producer and then after covid i kind of got a taste for adventure again in the outside world and i reached out to several companies and then goodbye kansas was the one that presented itself with the most flair freedom mystique creative ingenuity um they told me the grass is never greener but it's a different shade of green and i was like i like different (laughs) shades of green so uh here i am and so yeah i've been producing at uh goodbye kansas for yeah about 18 months now um i still feel sometimes like a tourist as much as i feel at home um and that's a really fun dynamic uh to have it's kind of a hybrid mentality so yeah that's me in the the shore of it really right it's good to have you on board Okay, so let's get down to business then. Let's talk about the announcement trailer for Total War Pharaoh. How did this production come about? Um, Creative Assembly approached us about a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago. With um, uh, Initially, they contacted us to see if we were available to look into uh, their, new, their latest Total War uh, release. And... Uh, and uh, we were absolutely interested in something like that something that we had, that was a title and a franchise that we hadn't been working with previously so we were very curious about it and um we've we had initial conversations with them and felt that we have started to have a really good relationship and they pitched their idea to us um which was very cool um basically the tenants of um of uh, total war pharaoh needed to kind of contain certain pillars that they wanted to showcase uh they wanted to showcase the pharaoh they wanted to showcase the conflict with the sea peoples they wanted to showcase a lush environment and they also wanted to showcase certain atmospherics that were introduced into the game um but we quickly realized that if we were going to show all of these things it was going to kind of uh balloon in terms of budget so <laughs> uh we needed to come up with a solution that could uh, show these things but in a, in another fashion so uh, we we managed to um get back to them with an idea that we felt really uh could carry the, the these concepts through and also deliver another take on on kind of the game trailer uh Uh, kind of uh, storytelling, and that was by making Scarab Beetle 
That's right. The so character. Exactly. That was your idea, John. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we were kind of wrestling, had uh, some back and forth, yeah. you and I, about multiple how, ideas. Yeah, uh, multiple flowing. ideas, yeah. exactly. So how how are we going to kind of contain this story a bit? And um, looking through the material that was provided to us, and also material that we were researching, we stumbled upon the 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 symbol of the scarab, right, and which is prevalent in all kinds of iconog iconography, and um, came up with the kind of take that maybe we can tell the story from a, like a more limited perspective and well how about if we tell the story from the, the perspective of a scarab beetle and basically that and then uh, Bengt Anton took that and and uh, started running with it yeah <laughs> I mean as with most productions like this one I assume there were several production companies pitching for the job uh, why do you think that you won the pitch um, I think it's always uh, the most important is the relationship dynamic. Uh, and I felt that we had a really good relationship with Kimberly and Davey at the Creative Assembly. And we, you know, started having a really good conversation. So amazing team. Yeah. Great. Very guys. amazing. Yeah. yeah. So easy to work with. Exactly. So yeah. we felt, you know, that we really wanted to try to provide uh, an idea and a creative solution that would work for them and for us as well. So I think that's the most important part. I can't speak for the other production companies, what they came up with. I have no idea, actually. <laughs> yeah, but they loved our idea. They thought it was like something complete, like exactly what they wanted, right? Like, yeah. but they didn't, they could never have come up with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So they were really grateful that we, we came up with something completely novel uh, that no one's really seen before in this, uh, in, in these sort of trailers. Uh, and it also covered everything mm. it, it had the pyramids it had the uh, weather changes yeah. uh, it had the uh, symbolism it had the pharaoh it had the battle it had the struggle everything was sort of combined in this like it, yeah somehow everything fell into place some things uh, like more um, uh, thought out beforehand yeah. than others uh, that just like happened to be really really smart and we take all credit for it yeah of course yeah. we do <laughs> <laughs> of course we do yeah i mean uh, good kansas is famous for producing game cinematics with photorealistic humans uh, and there is a pharaoh in this one but 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 let's start with the real here the, the beetle how do you go about to create such an asset uh, such a photorealistic and well a realistic beetle well i mean i'll start off by saying we have to hand this over to the um to the ingenuity of our artists and particularly um so i'll talk of it in two parts so for example because the, the environment is just as much a character as this as the yeah. scarab especially in the quality and actually to tell this tale it starts with the environment so one of our senior environment artists um jesper uh, was very very eager to work on this project because as soon as it was greenlit and it was announced and like we saw kind of what the vision was going to be through the boards. We we're going to have this far more kind of um, macro David Attenborough-esque focus. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, the environment wants to take some of the limelight because they're right up there. So it was his idea, um, and along, I think, with Henke as well, one of the VFX soups, to go out and scan some ground, like different kind of types of sediment and... Um, Different types of soil. Digging it out. Oh, I wasn't because I'm lazy. Yeah, me but, and Jesper were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to tell yeah. a bit about that before me? Uh, no, we took we took his car and we we took a few buckets and a few shovels and we went out there <laughs> and dug around. I mean, it wasn't that easy to find the right soil, right? right. Like we were looking for a specific soil that were like that could like we 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 dug it uh, illegally by the by the roadside. Uh, quite big chunks and like oh he's coming he's coming. <laughs> so that's that's an angle that's 
that's an angry um, man. He's got to say something. So <laughs> illegal soil digging. Yeah, illegal soil digging. Uh, we picked out big chunks like this uh, so we could crack, uh, leaving the roots in the in the soil samples. But we we found a few different ways to do it as well. Like we we put soil into buckets, wet wetted it up, and put it on the uh, roof of uh, GBK so it dried out uh, during the summer, like the hot days, uh, and that really created that uh, like dried, cracked. Uh, desert landscape that we were after really cool to 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 work with real uh soil and scan that because like the level of detail uh we couldn't have got uh in any other way we wouldn't have afforded it. i'm very i'm very thankful for the stockholm heat wave to uh provide the right <laughs> soil as well yeah. but after scanning like that and seeing the quality that came out in the environment there and then we kind of got a little giddy with that and in the summertime, we had the capacity to kind of scan more things. So why not scan a scarab? Mm. Now, in order to figure out where one would acquire a Egyptian scarab in a Scandinavian capital city, it's one of the first challenges. But um, one of our one of our artists, Fabian, um, was getting into contact with university in Lund, who happened to be experts in scarabs. Um, so he was communicating with them just again artists with a tremendous enthusiasm and energy was doing this on a whim mm. and then him and uh, Jesper came to me about oh we've been talking to this university and I was like oh really and then they he even kind of proposed them oh do you have any scarabs which they did and so we got into a, a conversation with them about this and a collaboration around trying to acquire some scarabs of which we did so um, one of them actually did travel up from Lund to Stockholm with two um, do dead scarabs who just for the record were not killed for the purposes of the film but died natural happy deaths um <laughs> As as an as an environmentalist, <laughs> yeah, I need yeah, to say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so I met um, I, I met the professors from Lund University uh, in the central station. I got a message. I am the one with the pink coat and the suitcase. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating either. I, <laughs> literally, like I'm, like I'm with the leather jacket and sunglasses. <laughs> I'll see you at noon. <laughs> so I cycled over and got this box, and. Um, and then, yeah, like we turned, took them back and then Dave and Eva from the scanning team uh, managed to kind of prop them and scan them appropriately. So immediately straight off the bat, we had the perfect quality environment, perfect quality protagonist. Um, and even our, our rigging team were eager to get in about the scarab and just take a look at the appendages and like the arm, like, you know, to understand the anatomy of the creature for when we go into, you know, rigging and shop production. So we really got our bang for our buck with all these local um, resources and artist enthusiasm. I understand there was some, some boiling involved mm. as well. In there the, was some boiling, yes. Yeah, there was boiling some boiling. of dead scarabs. There yeah. was the boiling of dead scarabs, yes. It, was, it left a smell, um, <laughs> especially during the Stockholm summer. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, why did, why, why? To loosen the limbs, right? yeah. Oh, to loosen so, the limbs. So okay. when you soften ah, so you the flesh, yeah, yeah. So when you soften the flesh, you can yeah, bend out the muscles and stuff. Oh. So, yeah, it's all for the um, all for the reasons of art and science. Yeah, yep. Of course. I mean, the the game cinematics at Gubekansas usually use motion capture to create lifelike motions of the character, but, but I guess it's impractical <laughs> to mocap beetles. So so I assume it was key animated, uh, but but. 
did you imitate or rotomate certain like wildlife documentaries or, or how, how did you approach the animation of it? Oh, how big was your library of references? and Quite large, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, and we had uh, Luke. Yes, Luke did, did a uh, tremendous job of, of cutting together. Uh, first, we did a, a cut, uh, actually a cut that mixed um, both uh, both animatics. We'll probably get into that a little bit more later, but uh, sort of previous uh, together with reference uh, material that I had found uh, with our editor, and that was like the first base for like the fights and all of that. So it's all based on on, on documentary stuff, right? But then Luke did uh, did a great pass on just like finding the perfect reference for each and every little movement. Uh, uh, before we uh, and, and we basically approved that, uh, so he could just go to town with with uh, with the animation of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it wasn't only him, right? It was. Oh no, there's a yeah, whole was, team that was yeah. involved. In I don't want to. I don't want to miss anyone here. I feel like I'm not. Uh, I mean, I feel like I need to name the whole team. To be yeah, honest, it yeah. was so collaborative. So in that way. good. Yeah. The whole credit list is on the website for those listeners out there who want to know. Everyone <laughs> worked on this trick, and it's lots and lots of. How, how big was the team, by the way? Um, it wasn't too big because, um, the project had quite a, a loose deadline Mm. and again, like creative assembly were amazing for when we wanted to kind of like flex the the schedule for other projects we had going on and to kind of make things Mm. a little leaner, you know? So we did kind of work with the schedule a bit like an accordion for lack of a better term, but we... We spent about nine months on the project on, mm. with a small skeletal team mm. across the board. I'd say maybe 20 to 30 people maximum oh, yeah. um, from top to tail. Yeah. But we wanted to keep the t- the teams kind of small and lean for always the natural reasons of they know the content and there's a lot of it, there's a lot of similarities in it. So mm. you can see the consistency throughout as well. You know, if we we could have, we could have knocked this out in three months with a, with mm. a team of 60, you know, mm. but that's not how you approach something as intricate as this in the latter parts of the trailer then we meet humans the human main character the pharaoh um how did you come up with his looks well it's based it's based on the key art uh of the of the game uh so that was um that was quite set already we tried to of course as we always do try to push it uh something closer to uh a real actual human rig uh, so it's so all the expressions can come through as etc um but yeah i think it was just like taking taking the key concept of of the pharaoh because they want to stay quite true to it uh because they've already done it um but push it towards uh, towards realism right as far, as far as we could and and looked at a lot of references uh regarding his armor um and uh, trying to stay true to to real real world artifacts uh and did a lot of research and our art director Mikael Videgren uh, did a tremendous job in that because he he has such such good uh, like historic knowledge and interest, and he also plays the the games mm. uh, like a huge huge fan. Mm. Uh, so uh, so he was really invested in, in getting all the details right, all the layerings of the uh, um, um, of the bronze uh, costume and uh, like the yeah everything, all the details, all the sort of like we wanted it to feel handmade uh, and not manufactured. So all the little bumps and cracks and, and things mm. that might come up, dirt. Um, yeah, yeah, and even down to um, like certain poses that you see Ramses making. Yeah. Or kind of um, resemble kind of classic Egyptian hieroglyph and artwork that you see on pottery mm. during the time of you know 
yeah. when he was reigning. And mm. yeah, yeah, his battle stance there with with his sword behind his head is is directly yeah. taken from one of and there's something one of those hieroglyphs. Yeah, there's something the creative assembly were very keen to um to kind of emphasize and represent in this trailer as well as so I both like as much authenticity and respectability to the content and its heritage as mm. well as trying to kind of exercise the energy and aggression that you'll get when playing a game like Total War. And then in the last seconds of the trailer you see these huge armies. How, how many soldiers are there? Well, we mo-capped about 5,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> the canteen was rammed that day. <laughs> no. But yeah, like uh, one of the things that we've done well at Goodbye Kansas, particularly lately with some of our VFX work, is our crowd setups. And yeah. they've really been refining um, how to translate that from, from Mobu to Houdini and how to kind of churn out a lot of quick results and refine them. Mm. So it was really fun to kind of do that again, because particularly in a cinematic, I think the last time it was done in a full CG cinematic was Conan? Conan was yeah. probably one of the larger ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Mm-hmm. Again, like we've done it, yeah, in the full CG scenario, right? I was thinking of VFX, then we've done it after that, exactly, yeah, from VFX shows. But obviously, we shot, uh, <clears throat> I think we had how many four extras doing like all yeah. the iterations of dying and, and throwing spears and shooting and riding the chariot. And so that was um, uh, a lot of work. Uh, Benjamin Brenner, uh, sort of supervise that yeah. uh, really well to, to get all the different variations and stances and yeah yeah we got through the um the Ramsey's mocap in about 90 minutes and then it took us about seven hours to get the crowd <laughs> stuff <laughs> but it's all in there you know like if you if you if you repeat it over and over you'll see there's so many different variations of individuality in the crowd how, how many times must you watch a shot like that to make sure that everything is there and that there isn't any single soldiers like doing something like colliding in the wrong way or something i mean it must take so much time yeah. i mean our effects lead maxim and our comper uh calais were the ones that were really owning the last stages of that shot mm. and I like to Guy as well so mm. um so yeah I think I don't know how many times they they looked over it because again so many little intersections so many exactly. little areas exactly. yeah uh, we gave them we gave them the breathing space they needed for that shot for understandable reasons but um it actually went a little faster and smoother than I anticipated yeah I think it went really was, well yeah. yeah we didn't we didn't come into any like um red flags or like scary moments with that you know but those out. shots, the most complicated shots of the trailer, or, or, or what what was the hardest part of making this? To me, I don't I don't think the crowd shots were the most complicated. I mean, there was the camera movements in there and telling the story, at least from my perspective. I think the the initial um, one of the initial difficulties uh, that we came across was uh, once we were boarding this or actually moving into animatics and actually animating, blocking out the animation. It became very apparent that you could go two ways or several ways with this with this show, and um, we wanted we and and in some shots it looked like we were telling a bug you know a bug's life that yeah, type of a story, yeah. right? And you can very easily get into that where the bug starts having a personality and the cameras get adding to that personality, etc. And that's not the direction we wanted to go. We wanted to be very naturalistic and very controlled and and true to sort of an environment or a natural a kind of a documentary Attenborough style as Callum mentioned so that was one of the, I think dialing it down to that level 
was uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult because in, in the beginning you want to show everything, you want to do cool shots, and you yeah. want you want to like you want to um, um, anthropomorphize the bug, right? Like yeah. you, you you want to uh, to add character, add more drama, more more fighting, uh, all of that. But in the end, like we we as you said, dialed it down pretty pretty much uh, to to what's real in, yeah. in real world, and they f fall like they do in real life. We might have sped it down a little bit or yeah. slowed it down a little bit for some shots but i wanted that jankiness that mm. jitteriness that they have and that was uh the animators did a, a, a truly amazing job to 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 get that in there yeah. um and then we shot we shot it um after the previous was done uh i had a chance to go down to the uh, small uh the small studio and, yeah. and, and actually shoot and and mocap a camera right uh, to to really like the idea there was to 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 make it a documentary yeah i'm the i'm the cinematographer out on the field yeah. and like where is it oh, there it is you know mm -hmm. so and and it's small things it's not a lot that that's like all of it is there following the bug mm -hmm. um but it's tripod shots it's very controlled it's yeah. long lenses so you can't have it handheld it's like we really thought of that uh and any shot that is like super wide like these boroscope lenses um they're always like buried down in the dirt so they're always static so mm -hmm. like all of these things were like thoroughly thought out yeah. uh, and balanced uh, so it wouldn't feel unreal and also like do the does the camera fit yeah. in here you yeah. know like the compared to the bug the camera lens is like huge mm -hmm. it wouldn't be able to get that low you know mm -hmm. so we probably need to shoot a little bit from above yeah. so all of that yeah um that that was a really conscious decision to, yeah. to, because then it becomes so much more then we then we could go bananas in the end i think yeah. you know like really do that epic classic trailer shots you know because the contrast is so huge um yeah small to big that was always the so so do you have a favorite shot um a favorite shot um this is what like there's a few shots in there of the bug that i feel like is so so nice when he comes up uh uh, from from the dirt and we have that shallow depth of field and he, he brushes off his his uh the dirt yeah. on his body like that those are so good and yeah. it's just when you squint or like put it next to our references from a, from a, the, all the documentaries like it's quite hard uh, uh for for a normal person to see the difference i love the environment changing shots when we're yeah. when we're traveling with it and we're changing the environments mm -hmm. and that the the minute movements of the scarab there and and the, and the whole thing really works really well yeah yeah and speaking of minute movements like a really clever thing that uh that luke did uh with animation was the uh ragdoll uh simulation uh, thing yeah but, no yeah. that was a huge huge kind of part of it because again the dung ball was also a massive character in this yeah. Yeah. you know which was a tricky thing to sort of like figure out like what do we do first the, the chicken or the ha ha or the egg um, yeah you know? and it was the egg that kind of came first by the looks of it yeah um yeah. judged by shape <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not by biological placement yeah but that was uh, again that was a fresh um approach that our team were taking mm. um and this is the right project to do it on so yeah, animating to the natural movement of the dung ball. Yeah. It's kind of like a slight reverse engineering. Um, but I mean, the quality speaks for itself. You know, I think this is a, 
yeah. an exceptional example of the keyframe team's capabilities as well at, at GBK. Like, but it was so brilliant because the, the ball is heavier than the dung ball or, or than the dung beetle. So it made sense. Like, after, like at first, it feels counterintuitive that the ball would drive the uh, the movements of the of the scarab. But in the end, it turned out so naturally because the ball has a very normal, like like how it rolls, uh, has a very natural feel to it, uh, and the, the scarab sort of gets caught along in the momentum of the ball rolling, and that that's like such a nice touch that we couldn't have done if we animated the bug and then sort of put the ball there and sort of yeah, that no, it's, it's a brilliant approach. It definitely is, you know, Sisyphus with his boulder, you know, yeah, uh, very, exactly. very epic and authentic. <laughs> so, and then the trailer was delivered, and and after a while it was released. How does it feel when when it when it meets the audience? Great. <laughs> Not always, of course, but th this time, like, uh, yeah, I felt great to, to read that people, like you always read the comments, right? And that's that's where you sort of pick it up on if it's not shown on E3 or anything. Um, and and uh, I was very happy that people picked up on the, like all the sort of cultural references that we did and the accuracy and all of that. So that, that was great, great to see. I think it got a good response. Yeah, no, the people were, I mean, obviously you're going to have the, your uh, detractors that, you know, uh, say what they have to say. But then uh, <laughs> there were many, I mean, a lot of them really picked up on the symbolism and I was really happy about that. And a, a lot of uh, comments were about kind of a fresh take also on the game, uh, game cinematic uh, experience. And uh, also, uh, I mean, Sega and Creative Assembly were, were over the moon in terms of... Uh, uh, they really liked it, so yeah, they were happy. Yeah, I think um, yeah, particularly into like the um, the second half of the project's mm. evolution, like there was just always a growing confidence in everything that we were doing moving forward in every tactic. You know, we 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 do our best to kind of educate and bring our clients along on that journey because mm. you know our excitement is their excitement is back to our collectively our excitement. So. When it got to like, we know this is going to release on this date, you know, like I never felt any like nervousness about it. Like this is one of those projects where I'm like, it's just going to look amazing. Mm, and yeah, I real confidence about it. I'm confident about all our GBK products. <laughs> no, but I, what, I, what I really like about it also is is that, it, um, you know, we, we dared to kind of uh, push something that we... They quite possibly could have shot down immediately like, mm. as clients, and then that that got them on board, and we were all on board together, and we could take it to the next level, and that's something that we also grew uh, from, I think, and um, I, you know, something that we always try to bring into every project, try to push something, and there's some aspect of the project, uh, and I think that's uh, that's also what drives us creatively forward. Well, it's a brilliant trailer. So thanks a lot for producing it and giving it to the world. And thanks a lot for coming here and chatting with me about it. Mm. Thank Great you. To have you. Well, thank you for talking to us about it. <laughs> <laughs> and you out there, thanks for listening. This was the last episode of Yellow Brick Road with me behind the microphone. So I would like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who helped doing this podcast all these years. Thanks to all you amazing guests. Thanks to the editors, Chan Unal, Jonathan Forefeldt, Tom Walton, Leo Krupa, and this last year's Emmy Stahl. Thanks to Gustav Holmsten for the graphics. And a special thanks to the amazing Peter Blomstrand who created our theme song. And last but not least, 
thank you all of you listeners. Thanks for all your mails, ideas, support and love. It's been a true pleasure to do this podcast and I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I did. Take care and stay curious. Maybe we'll meet in another podcast somewhere else, some other time. Who knows? A bientôt. Auf Wiederhören. Wie hörst <laughs>